Welcome to Long Live Bat Art, the podcast for art lovers who don't see art as much as they want to. My name is Sydney, and thank you for taking a slow tour through an art gallery with a casual art lover. Today, I'll be talking about Still Life with Ginger Pot and Porcelain Bowl by Willem Kaff. I hope you enjoy. Willem Kaff was born in 1619 in Rotterdam. His father died when he was six, and he left Rotterdam in 1638, shortly after his mother died, leaving him an orphan at around 18. No one knows who he apprenticed under because any documents that might have alluded to or outright told people who he was trained by haven't survived to today. He moved to Paris in around 1641 until late fall five years later. As you might expect, the paintings Kalf produced during his time there were said to be part of his French or Parisian period. Kalf lived in a house with several other Dutch painters in a house called the Chasse. His early paintings were mainly of exteriors, especially of farms. That was apparently very popular as a subject and his paintings were copied quite a few times. But he didn't just paint exteriors. He was one of the pioneers of the still life genre later on. Kalf returned to Rotterdam in October 1646 and he didn't crop up in the records for another five years, when he resurfaces in Horn in a marriage record to Cornelia Pluvier. He and his wife moved to Amsterdam, which is where Kalf stayed. In 1654, he is a member of the St. Luke's Guild in that city. Kalf wasn't solely a painter doing his own work, however. He was an art authenticator and dealer as well. He authenticated in Amsterdam in 1653, and the documents he provided to authenticate an artwork by Paulus Brill are part of the reason historians know he was in the city at that time. And it's through his art dealing that he most likely gathered all the interesting, exotic, and exorbitantly expensive items he later used in his still lifes. Oddly enough, he painted very few paintings during his mature period, where he created most of his still lifes for which he is now known. Art historians in the Netherlands call his still life a term that means ostentatious still life in English. Kalf died on July 31st, 1693. 23 of his works survive. On to the painting. The still life's background is a dark brown, so deep it's actually hard to make out some details. The table the items are on is polished granite with a beveled edge. The granite is brown with gray and black veins running through it, mostly seen on the front left corner of the table, the only corner visible to the viewer. There's an open faceted brass pocket watch on the corner of the table, or maybe it's a handheld compass or even a locket. It has a black ribbon threaded through the loop. The ribbon is draped over the corner of the table and it's dangling down. There's a small brass key or something similar on the ribbon. It's bent. The hole is threaded through the ribbon and the body of the key is almost at a 90 degree angle. There's a small piece of brass extending from the item, which is why I think it's a key. Next to the pocket watch, there's a silver tray. The edge of it is detailed and ornate, though you only see it in profile so you can't tell what the details actually are. There's a depression in the middle of the tray where items can sit. On the tray is a glass tube with a small orange and yellow swirl on one side. 
it looks like it's connected to a small metal cup on the other side. It could be a snuffer for candles. Cocked on the tray is a white porcelain bowl with delicate blue designs on it. One design you can see in full is the solid profile of a bird on a branch. The rest of the design in the concave side of the bowl is obscured by an eaten slice of melon. The green rinds and a few pieces of the orange melon remain in the bowl. Also in the bowl is a hammered metal disc with holes in it, but I'm not quite sure what function that item serves. It looks almost like a loose leaf tea steeper, but without a chain to pull it out of the water. Behind the bowl and to the left is a large wine glass. The stem of the glass is very thick and it looks like it has those glass decorative pebbles on it, the ones with a flat back and a domed front. The glass is dark green, but the color is probably influenced by the dark background. The glass itself is half full with a colorless liquid with a half peeled lemon in it. The lemon's rind has been peeled in a spiral and most of the rind is dangling over the rim of the glass and hanging over the left side. Underneath the dangling lemon rind is an apple-like fruit with a stem with leaves coming out of the top and a much smaller fruit off to the left still on the stem. The main fruit has a crack on the left side of it in the middle of the lighter area. The right side and most of the bottom has a gentle shadow thrown on it by the objects next to it. To the right of the porcelain bowl is the green melon that the slice in the bowl was cut out of. It has a cracked rind and the inside is a yellow-orange. Close to the center of the melon, you can see the slightly green seeds running along the length of the exposed slice. Behind the melon is a large blue vase, which is the ginger pot the title references. The pot has white designs on it, but you can only clearly see one. That one is a floral-like design. The top of the pot has a horizontal single de diamond design on it, like an elongated simple compass rose on a map. Behind the pot and to the left is another drinking glass. This one is a narrow triangle shape with the point of the triangle at the bottom. It's filled with a red liquid. To the right of the ginger pot, hardly able to be seen against the background, is a third drinking glass. You can only see the top part of the glass with liquid with it and not its stem. The glass is wide and almost floral in shape. The edges are wide flutes and the rim is also fluted. It looks like the cup of a flower seen in profile. Bunched around the right of the ginger pot and melon is a thick cloth. It's mostly orange with dark brown and white designs on it. The design closer to the viewer and the most distinct is shaped like a maple leaf. A fold in the fabric from how it's laying splits the design in half. The cloth is also resting under the silver tray and has a fringed edge. Now for my thoughts. the lived-in feeling of the painting. It looks like the melon was freshly eaten and the person these items belong to just walked away and will be back to clear up later. I know Kopp likely staged the table himself to practice drawing and painting from real life, but it still has that human touch to it. It isn't just a fruit bowl. Kopp chose these items for a reason. Maybe that reason is that he had it nearby, but I like to think that he chose them because they were challenging. And the design of the cloth and the ginger pot, even the marble table, are incredibly detailed and lifelike. The liquids in the glasses are clear and the viewer can easily tell what they are. What I think is the loose leaf tea steeper is metal and reflects the design of the bowl it's resting in, albeit in a distorted way. 
the light coming through the vase with the glass pebble design on it, reflecting off the ginger pot and the fact that you can hardly see the glass on the right, are such small details in reality, but huge in theory. Koth might also have chosen the items in his still life as not-so-humble brags. His art dealing bought him a lot of spending money that he used to acquire items that the vast majority of his fellow Dutch couldn't afford. It would be somewhat like an artist of today painting stacks of gold bars and cash, along with highly expensive items like Ming vases and designer clothing and accessories. Kalf's paintings were incredibly popular with the elite in the Netherlands of that time, mostly because of a status symbol, but the pieces are still gorgeous. The hours this painting must have taken. Hours sitting in one spot and painstakingly rendering every detail so that it was as good as Kalf was capable of making it must have been intense. It's amazing that this is one of the works Kalf made that survived. I mentioned that there were 23. It's a still life. And this is just one of several by him that exists to this day, but still lives don't tend to survive because they're seen as boring by most people who don't have a background or at least a passing interest in art. They think, as I used to and still often do, why someone would paint a bunch of random things on a table. But they were more than just practice pieces for techniques and colors. They trained the artist's eye to see more than at first glance, to look deeper into the world and truly experience it. And yes, still lifes often train the artist's patience as well. The ability to sit still and stare at one scene for hours is a skill that must be practiced as much or even more so than any brushwork technique. Here's my challenge for you, and don't get scared that it's to create your own still life. No, it's to look around you wherever you're listening to this podcast. Whether you're on your commute, in your room, or doing chores, there's probably something you've seen a million times and passed by without looking at it. So I challenge you to take a close look at that thing safely. In my experience, you can usually find something brand new to see. Whether it's a new kind of tree, an interesting shadow on the wall, or the pattern on a dish, everything can stand to be appreciated just a little more. And if you move to do so, maybe take a picture of that thing. Your life deserves to be documented. It's incredible what you see as ordinary now will turn out to be extraordinary later. You never know when the last time will be, so soak in your experiences. You never know when your experience will turn into a treasured memory, and memories are what make life so much better. If you like this episode of Long Live Bat Art, please consider telling a friend and reviewing to help the podcast grow. A link to the transcript of this episode is available in the show notes below. And you can follow me on Twitter at longlivebatart and Tumblr at tumblr.com forward slash longlivebatart. That's longlivebatart. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I'll see you in two weeks.